the North Pole drifts toward London. That and other news for the week ending April 10th, 2016. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. Last weekend, a leak in the Keystone Pipeline spilled about 17,000 gallons of oil in South Dakota. TransCanada, the company that runs the pipeline, was set to reopen it at the end of the week, saying that the leak had been fixed. The Keystone Pipeline was opened in 2010, and the company wanted to build an extension called the Keystone XL, but President Obama rejected that application last year. The leak was detected by a passerby and not by the company's detection system. About 100 workers were dispatched to find the leak and control it. It is not known what cleanup efforts will be necessary. The company has said that it hasn't observed significant impacts to the environment and there were no major bodies of water nearby. However, TransCanada initially reported that the spill released only 187 gallons, but now admit the leak was about 90 times greater. A remarkable thing happened in about the year 2000. The North Pole of the Earth's axis began to migrate in a direction toward London. It's not the fact that the pole migrates, but rather the direction it's moving that has surprised scientists. Before 2000, the pole was migrating generally to the west and not east toward England. So why has the pole zigged this way? A study released last week by NASA says that a factor at work is the amount of water held on land, and in particular, droughts in Europe and Asia that's led to the change. While we may not notice the difference in the Earth's wobble, it is important for GPS systems and satellite observations of our planet. Other recent studies had concluded that the wobble in the Earth's rotation was mainly due to ice melting in Greenland and changes in the ice in Antarctica. But the new study shows that the melting ice explanation was not complete. Nevertheless, both the melting ice in Greenland and the droughts in Eurasia are linked to global warming. Another source of carbon emissions is from growing food food and getting it to market. And a study last week showed how much of that food is wasted. Up to almost 40%. The study published in Environmental Science and Technology says that better practices to eliminate waste could reduce agriculture's carbon contributions significantly. The food waste comes from spoilage, lost during transportation, and simply being thrown out by you, me, and stores. And that could increase if countries like China and India start behaving like those of us in the West. Besides food waste, attention was also drawn last Last week to better management of farm soils. A paper published in the journal Nature shows that by locking up carbon in soil, agriculture could help keep emissions lower. Better soil management methods include adding compost to fields and using better irrigation methods, erosion control strategies, and more efficient fertilizers. But one of the bigger problems in our carbon footprint is livestock production, which is responsible for about half of all emissions from the agricultural sector. Indeed, a third of the crops grown worldwide are fed to animals to produce meat, which experts say is highly inefficient. We've got good news to report. Last week, federal agencies downgraded green sea turtles of Florida and the Pacific coast of Mexico from endangered to threatened. NOAA and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced the change, citing decades of conservation work and partnerships among federal agencies, states, and NGOs. The announcement means that just three populations of green sea turtles worldwide are still considered endangered and at risk of extinction. Those animals live in the Mediterranean and parts of the Pacific. Relisting the green sea turtles as threatened means they don't face an imminent risk of extinction, but they'll still merit protection 
protection under the Endangered Species Act. Sea turtles face many challenges, from pollution to poaching to beach development that destroys their habitat. They're also victims to swallowing plastic trash and die from getting tangled in fishing gear and nets. Their largest threat, however, may be from climate change. Sea level rise would erode beach nesting areas, and warmer waters would make conditions right for a virus that causes fatal tumors. Climate change would also likely raise the temperature of sand, which would be lethal to fragile incubating eggs. And speaking of ocean life, this last story is for all you fans of Herman Melville's classic Moby Dick, where a massive sperm well does battle with the peg-legged Captain Ahab. And in case you don't remember, and don't mind us giving away the ending, the whale wins and sinks Ahab's ship by ramming it with its enormous head. Stuff of fiction, right? Maybe not. A team of researchers set out to see if a sperm whale could use its head to actually sink a ship. Their answer? It could happen. The reason is because of the whale's unique forehead. The space above its mouth holds two large oil-filled organs stacked one on top of the other. The spermaceti organ on top, and below it, another called, and we didn't make this up, the junk. That junk, according to scientists at the University of Queensland in Australia, acts like a powerful shock absorber that significantly reduces stress placed on the whale's bones and skull during impacts. They suggest the forehead evolved that way for males to duke it out and compete for females, kind of how bighorn sheep do during courtship. Only there's a problem. No one's actually seen them do this. So many in the scientific community think that this study published last week in the journal PeerJ is a bit of a whale tale. They point to the fact that sperm whale heads house sensitive anatomical structures essential for echolocation and buoyancy that would be seriously harmed if used as a battering ram. So could whales really be that dumb to butt heads just for the ladies? Clearly, more research and fieldwork is needed to know for sure. But we're not judging. We've all probably done something regrettable just to get a date. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Waterworks Association. Unite the world of water at AWWA's ACE 16 in Chicago, June 19th through 22nd. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 16.